Can you hear that? Hello. Hey. Hey. You're uh, you're live on the podcast right now. You're, you're getting your you're getting your wish. Hey, what's up, fellas? Listen, it's beautiful Rochester, New York. We had a nice dinner with your parents the other night outside at my house. Uh, everything went well, and I'm uh, pissed off at the baseball, uh, the MLB. What do you want to know? We're just playing your way. Yeah, we want you to be funny. funny guys. We put you on the listen, spot. You're usually funny. You guys, you guys got, listen, number one, I want to get paid. I got to get paid. How much you want? How many episodes you want to sign me for? This is it. You get. You got two minutes of fame right now. How much you want? What am I doing one fucking episode? You got to you got to bring me back. I got to be like the I got to be like the the uh, the side guy, the the commentary, the what do you call it? You can't the hook. even you, the hook. you can't even talk right now. How do you want us to put you on the show? Well, it's, it's happy hour. Come it's on, funny guy. Yeah, what are you drinking? I got the color one on the rocks. On the rocks, eh? So listen, the only thing I want to talk to you guys about, you guys, you two stupid assholes, don't understand about America. America needs baseball. We're going to have to cut this part out. Because there's greed behind baseball. Every other sport is stepping up besides baseball. And I'm a baseball guy. So that's the thing. That's that's what I want to talk to you guys about. When you, when you, when you call me to talk to me, I want to talk to you about that. I promise oh, you. I promise you. you. Yeah, we're, we're, you're, we're calling you right now. But I promise you, you don't want to get into that. I'm live right now. Yeah, I, I, I literally, to, I literally told you you're live. I'm going to pick up steaks at Black and Blue right now. It's going to cost me fourteen bucks. Oh, sick, sick, dude. So, so you want us to pay you two steaks for your time? Because you got to go. You got to go. Nice. That'd be nice. All right. Well, if you if you get us over a thousand listeners for this episode, we'll we'll get you two steaks. But I don't think that's going to happen. You're not that cool. In my in my opinion, you guys are the most boring guys. That ever that was ever assembled. With my help, you can make it happen. Nice. Okay. Is that all you I'm got? You, guys. you guys that... suck. You said we suck. <laughs> Maybe we do. Maybe we do. We're having fun. But oh, you sit on your old fat ass drinking cut one on the rocks. Going to buy going to buy some steaks that your ass isn't even gonna cook. <laughs> saucy, my friend. Stay saucy. All right, really, get the hell off the phone. <laughs> See ya. See ya. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Episode eight. We're back. Sunday Sauce Podcast here with Frankie Meatballs and Joey Coffee, We're recording late on Thursday night. Joey and I got some plans this weekend to go enjoy some sunshine. Sorry, not sorry. So if we do miss anything, as always, trip us on social media. Joey Coffee, let's go to Beantown, my friend. The fame, the fame got to our head. We're already doing vacations in the middle of the podcast week. Um, no, I'm good. I just destroyed some Taco Bell. So I'm sitting pretty right now. I don't want to know what's coming out on the. Uh, I don't want to go. I don't want to go there. But you went there. You're there. We are there, and we are getting a little, uh, get a little, 
clout chasing here with our vacation that we're taking. But you know what? It's summertime. We don't get to see it very often. It's warm out finally. So anyway, quick, quick recap on how, how this goes for any new listeners that we have. If you are new, awesome. We're starting out with our victory lap, which is where we go outside of the big four sports, talk about some other stuff in sports in the world. Then we're going to go into our AMA section where people ask us anything. This week we had a little twist to it because Joey Coffey thought he was funny chirping me on his AMA. So I chirped back and said, um, I want you guys to uh, see what your favorite feature of Joey is in the picture that we post on the AMA, which was him laying on a hammock, legs spread wide, blue light in his hands, smiling like not a care in the world, nothing's wrong in his life which it isn't and wasn't. Um, after, yeah, that was your peak. After that, we are going to go into our interview with none other than Green Bay Packers quarterback, Tim Boyle, baby. I know a lot of you guys wanted Rodgers, but the real TB, Tim Boyle, awesome guy. Shout out to Andrew Ballone again um, for hooking us up with the interview. We're going to have him on again and, and hopefully some more of the Packers players. So he's awesome. It's, it's weird that he's our age. We're going to talk about that in the interview because it's just so crazy to see someone our age now doing things like that instead of looking up to someone. But, it's a good uh, mixture of, like, it's incredible, and it's also like, wow, I, we suck. <laughs> we, uh, didn't hit, hit the athletic peak that we thought we could have when we were growing up. That's okay because we're doing other things in life, and we're still talking to him, right? So we're cool. Um, after this interview, we'll finish up with our Big Four breakdown, and then uh, we'll let you guys enjoy – your Sunday. So uh, we're going to kick it off, like I said, with our victory lap. Some uh, UFC news with Conor McGregor retiring again, I think. Is yeah, who cares? Who cares? I mean, he's, I like Conor, but now, I mean, now it's just like, you know, seen the, I've seen the dog do the trick before. It's like, whatever. I don't know. He's, he's all talk, but he's like, he's the best at talking. So it's fine. But I don't know. I mean, he's obviously going to come back and fight. Right. Uh, I don't know. Enough, so he's like, oh, I'm out. And then now someone's going right. to reel him back in once once the uh, the Gaethje-Khabib uh, fight happens, which hopefully we get to see eventually. I think Connor wants whoever whoever gets that W or L or whatever, whoever calls him out. So Yeah, Connor's the boy who, who uh, cried quit. He's, yeah. just trying to get the, he's just trying to get the attention. Yeah. And it worked. If it's if this is it, Connor McGregor, great career. You're an absolute legend. Change, change the, the sport. You're a pioneer. No shot. There's no shot he's done. I can't. It's not, yeah, it's not right. But um, staying on the, in the fighting realm, uh, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury, it's a little two-fight deal coming up. Should be pretty sweet. I know, yeah, two I know UFC's kind of taken over, but boxing, these are, these are two, two powerhouses guys still. I think if, uh, Fury's the biggest draw in boxing now, for sure. I think he – I mean, Floyd's obviously older, but it's obviously not Floyd anymore, I think. And, uh, and also since um, Wilder – lost i mean i think i think fury is not the, the biggest biggest get in uh in, in the ring so it'll be cool to see i like watching him fight i think i think he's gonna kill joshua i, I don't know joshua lost to he lost some pretty um i forget i forget his name was ortiz the other guy he lost to um i think fury's gonna dominate so we'll see but then they're both for next year or at least the first one's next year so we'll see what happens sure complete 180 twist here from fighting to golf couldn't be more of a of a opposite here in the polar spectrum, but uh, it's good to see the PJ is back this weekend. Um, and even cooler is that I'm back in Jersey, so DraftKings is sending me daily emails for all of these um, odds boosts and all this shit where I can go on and bet for a little to make a little more and have to risk a little less. So I'm pumped about that. Gonna be watching some golf all weekend. 
no fans there, which is which is still going to be weird. So it's like watching like us play golf just at some random country club. But did you did you watch it at all today? I watched a little bit. Yes, I did. They got, they got them all mic'd up. We already had our first f bomb. I think John Rom hit this little hit this little chip from the fringe. He was like pretty fucking good, huh? <laughs> And the announcer was like, "Oh, I, I was expecting some better audio with no fans here." But it's like, what do you what do you expect? These dudes are like grown ass men playing for millions of dollars. If they hit, yeah, apparently there's no uh, there's no delay, so it's legit. Like it's just like their mic going to like the feed. That's what the people want. Oh no, it's so yeah, it's sick. But like, golf, like they're so nerdy, so it's hilarious. But we're the complete opposite. We're, ours isn't like oh, that was a good shot. Ours is like, God damn it! Like what the shit? Oh yeah, I mean yeah. Us golfing in general is just not pretty. Yeah. Also, it was it was Ruiz, not Ortiz, that um, Joshua lost to. So, botched oh. I botched that up a little bit. You're good. You're good. Um, moving on in the victory lap, the MLS is coming back on July 8th, 54-game tourney at Disney. Disney is cleaning house with, with the, the comeback of sports, which rightfully so. They have the, they have the venues. They have the, the hotels. They have the, the – essentially their their own quarantined area in the in the state of Florida. So that should be cool. I'm not the big I'm like not like a big MLS fan back. Yeah, I don't know if you I don't know if you saw they're doing it they're doing it like World Cup style, like groupings. Um so they're splitting like the East and the West into like like group A, B, C, etc. So it'll be pretty cool to see like how I think it's like top two from each group and I think I think two of the third place or the third overall third place team. I don't know. It's it's like basically like the World Cup with the league. So I think it'll be pretty fun to watch actually or like I, I'm not going to watch, but whoever likes it, I'm sure will enjoy it. Right. It's been growing, though. It's been growing. Okay. Well, we will move on to our, our AMA then. Or ask me anything. Ask us anything. As always, we, as I mentioned from the jump, added a little twist to it to, uh, to the cool pic that I posted of Joey Coffee on the Sauce Pod Instagram. Um, so we, we wanted people to ask us questions and then also kind of tell us that their favorite part of the Joey coffee picture, Kevin Burge, uh, Kevin Berge, Burge, those of you who know him, you know him. That's all I have to say. You know, who, <laughs> you know, if you know, you know, who he is. I was like, yeah, I was like what do you guys say? He, to okay, so usually, <laughs> on the AMA, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. You click the little bar underneath where it says AMA, and then you can just type there. Instead of doing that, he DM'd me, like he clicked on the story DM response and responded to me in a DM instead of doing the AMA. So that's just such a Burge move. Um, I'm not even going to read his thing because it was like an essay, but um, he did like your spread Eagle stance, how you were sitting on the hammock with, with that beer. So I felt like a piece of meat all day, Frank. I don't appreciate any of that. That's all right. Well, that's what you get for, for posting on your story of, of you playing Mr. Steely Girl, so. Oh, yeah, everyone go follow my new girlfriend at rscarm1. <laughs> Not Frankie's girl. <laughs> um, next one we have from your college buddy, Frankie. Dope name. Oh, yeah, Not- Frankie Baltazar. He wants to know uh, if we're Messi or Ronaldo, guys. Uh, we're not soccer. I mean, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go CR seven. He plays. He plays for my Juve boys. So I got a roof. I got a roof for him. Yeah. As I've mentioned a couple of times, like I'm not the biggest soccer guy. So like when I, I just respect both of their just insane greatness. I, I don't think I can sit here and and decide. I think it's too ignorant of me to decide. Um. The, the shit Messi's able to do with like how he's not the biggest guy, so the fact that he can still do what he does at that level is insane. And then Ronaldo is just an athletic freak. Like 
They're obviously I'm pretty, sure, I'm, I'm pretty sure I also saw he's the first soccer player to earn like a bill, like be a billionaire. So yeah. I was watching I was watching something on I don't know if it was Good Morning America or not, but they put this like Ronaldo statue of like his highest vertical ever and they like yeah oh and they were trying to, like, and they had to have like, people like kind of run up and like head it and jump as high as him and head it and like no one Dude, could he even... was like he was like 13 feet in the air yeah <laughs> it was crazy his head was flush with the ball and people are trying to jump up and just like scrape their head in the bottom of the ball and no one was even coming close so in that respect athleticism wise i'll have to go over ronaldo but again what messi can do for, for what his size is is just absolutely insane so um Next one from our boy, Vic Konstantinovsky. It's a mouthful. College teammate, great friend of mine. He wants to know what kind of Joey, what kind of coffee, excuse me, does Joey coffee drink? Now, we just heard that you're a Starbucks guy. I might have to move away from that, but is there any, any other type yeah, of coffee? No, so coffee, coffee guy in general, I always go um, iced Americano. Big iced coffee guy. I've been off the hot coffee game for a while. Um, although I do enjoy a nice little dessert espresso. Uh, but I've been on a huge kick with Death Wish Coffee. I'm a I'm an absolute sucker when it comes to anything Barstool advertises. So I've been on a huge Death Wish Coffee kick. Um, I like the cold I like the cold brew cans. That's actually pretty good. I was gonna ask you about uh, them. Are they worth it? They're worth trying out. Yeah, a little pricey, but I mean, I think they're worth it. There's a lot of caffeine in them, so I get I get all juiced up in the mornings. <laughs> good to right know. Run through a wall. Good to know. Um. Your boy Butch commented on on uh, the, your favorite part of that picture. Said nips for sure. Um, it was pretty so, solid in that pic. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, your sister also commented, but I'm not even I'm not even gonna give her the time of day because I I think he told me she was chirping our pot a little bit. So uh, Marisa, you can uh, you can uh, unfollow us. We don't need the haters. We appreciate uh, your feedback though, and we, we call this awkward. What? She called us awkward. Awkward? Yeah. We're awkward because it's your brother. You hear him talk all the time. So yeah, my older. That's awkward. It's awkward hearing myself talk, but eat shit. Yeah, try listening. Try listening to this podcast like nine times. Or uh, trying to edit it. Yeah. <laughs> I listen to I listen to each one like ten times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> try looking at the camera, and you're actually looking sideways at Joey, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking like diagonally. We're not even looking at each other. That's awkward. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, that's that's enough for us talking right now, because the best part of the pod is coming up with Green Bay Packers quarterback Tim Boyle. He's such a cool dude. Such a cool dude. And obviously, for me as, as a Packers fan, this one hit home even more. And just the fact that he gave us our time, gave us his time rather, um, and offered it up again in the future. And, and even he almost con- he almost converted me. He was so awesome. Yeah. Look at, look at, he had like a he hopped on the Zoom call and he had like an aura. I'm like, this guy's this guy's just an absolute stud. Like <laughs> he's just a stud. Great jawline too. Tim, you're a beast, man. Go back. <laughs> Enjoy, the Enjoy the interview, guys. We'll see you on the back end. All right, everybody. Welcome. 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 Big time interview with Green Bay quarterback Tim Boyle. This one hits home for me as a big time Packer fan. Big shout out to Andrew Ballone, a buddy of mine from Rochester who played baseball with. He is close family friends with Tim, provided with, with his oper- awesome opportunity to, to have him on. So, Tim, thanks for, for coming on, man. How are you? 
I'm great. Thanks for having me on here. But yeah, definitely a big shout out to Andrew. He's, uh, him and his family are good people. Without doubt. Without doubt. Well, um, we're going to ask you a few questions here. We'll let, uh, we'll let Joey kick it off since I've been doing the talking briefly so far. And we'll yeah, see. I'll go ahead and go first. I know, I know Frankie's dying to ask about all of his backwards <laughs> questions, but I'll just start by saying, Tim, you know, how's it, how's it been going, like staying fit for the season with this whole, you know, the COVID-19 scenario? Has it affected your training at all? During this time? Um, yeah, I think just from a um, – it, it's challenging just to stay on top of the actual – the timing of the receivers I'm going to be throwing to. I think that's the most challenging part just because everyone's pretty much away from the facility right now. But from an actual workout standpoint, from a training, you know, weightlifting, running, um, everything's pretty much, you know, standard, normal for me. I'm um, fortunate that we have a gym in my, uh, in my base. I'm actually in my childhood home. Uh, so <laughs> fortunate enough for the past – the past the, yeah, it's been the past two months I've been with my uh, my family in Connecticut, so it's been um, it's been good to spend time and, and quality time with them. Obviously, it's been challenging the past few years trying to find time to be with them. So this past couple of months has been amazing. But from a workout standpoint, I've been staying sharp. You know, I'm able to throw with some guys um, who actually play in college. So I have a couple of BC receivers and I have some Syracuse receivers who I know who have uh, who have been coming out to throw with me, which has been critical for me just from a staying sharp on a on a physical. Um, football note, but um, working out has been good. Um, the the strength staff for the Packers have done a good job of pushing out all of our workouts and making sure we're staying on top of it. But um, yeah, definitely a crazy time. But I'm definitely uh, definitely staying on top of it for sure. That's good to hear, man. Really good to hear. Um, I just want to get this out of the way <clears throat> as my first Packers question. Please <laughs> tell me that Aaron's a great teammate and there's no beef with Lafleur or any of the coaching staff. I will tell you 100%. Aaron is a great a great human being. Um, he's a great leader. He cares about every single player in the locker room. And when that man speaks, you are quiet and you listen because he's just got so much wisdom and so much respect. Um, but yeah, there's no beef. You know, we, we have great conversations in the quarterback room. You know, fortunately, Coach LaFleur is in every single quarterback meeting with us. So we're able to have those open, honest conversations. Um, you know, we don't have any sensitivity in our room. So we have open, you know, free flowing conversations. You know, no one's getting sensitive when we, bring up certain, you know, viewpoints, which is refreshing. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's a good atmosphere. It really is a good dynamic. Coach LaFleur um, and myself and Aaron have done a good job the past couple of years of just last year and this offseason of uh, making sure we're dialed in, we're speaking the same language, and we're, we're all on the same page moving forward because, you know, we definitely have the, the talent on offense. It's just a matter of um, executing and making sure we're, we're paying attention to the fine, uh, the fine details. Good. Confirms here. Quarterback room is strong as hell in Green Bay. We are. Agreed. Love it. All right. So <laughs> I want to take a, take a little rewind to your high school days. Winning mm-hmm. states once is an absurd feat. You did it three times, three Pete, no less. Um, and mm-hmm. I you know you're a beast for that. And um, <laughs> wanted to kind of get feel for how that, that success that you felt such an early age molded you not only as a football player, but also mentally as you embarked on one hell of a roller coaster in your college career and then now obviously into the league. Yeah, I'll start by saying that I was, you know, I was surrounded by great teammates and great coaches. By no means was that, was that just all me, you know, winning those, uh, those state championships. Um, but I think that really cemented the fact that I'm like, I'm a winner. You know, it, it taught me how to win. Um, I approach things not only in football, but in my life with confidence now because I know mentally how I need to approach it going into it. So um, I think, you know, I lost one game in high school um, and that game still pisses me off. 
it absolutely, <laughs> it, it absolutely grinds my gears just because I was so close to being undefeated. Um, but you know, that's kind of my mindset and that's what, you know, being at Xavier, um, kind of taught me is just, you learn how to prepare, you learn how to walk into a situation so confident that you know, you're going to win. You know what I mean? It's, it's that kind of confidence, um, that kind of bled into, um, my college career, you know, kind of had some ups and downs there, but has definitely stayed with me into the, uh, into the professional ranks. But yeah, my high school career was definitely fun. Um, had a lot of great teammates. I mean, we had a bunch of division one guys, you know, a bunch of great coaches. So fortunately I was at high school at the right time with the right people. And I was able to win some games. That just shows how much of a natural born competitor you are that you win three state titles and you're just like yeah, that one loss though. Like that really I got know me. exactly. This, I know, yeah, I know <laughs> the score. I know who we played and where it was. I, I probably know the exact date to be honest with you. I it, that game still really pisses me off to be honest sure. with you. Yeah. Hey, my way, yeah, you're, again, you're a winner, but um, you mentioned the ups and downs you've had at UConn. What was it? Like, it's like, uh, like three coaches and four OCs when you're at UConn. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, I was there for uh, yeah, three years, and I had, you know, technically two, two and a half head coaches, three offense coordinators, three quarterback coaches. So that was, uh, that was a fun one for me. Wild. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so when you got to Eastern Kentucky finally and you were kind of like that full flex, that's like the guy, the starter, was it like a breath of fresh air coming off all that turnover at UConn? Yeah, it was. And that was my intention, you know, obviously being at UConn those three years, you know, having that much turnover, um, you know, that's why I transferred. I wanted a, you know, a fresh breath of air. And uh, I actually had to sit out my fifth, my, my true senior year. Um, so I was a 22 year old kid, you know, red shirting. So that was actually kind of refreshing for me as well. Um, you know, kind of being able to take a step back and understand the offense because that, that was, uh, that was the first time my whole football career that I was able to go into the next off season having the same offense. Um, which was uh, exactly so going into my fifth year um, I already knew the offense which was critical for me um, I don't think by any means I had a great fifth year um, it was good enough to, to catch the Packers eye thankfully um, but yeah I, I, and that's the choice that was the choice I made I wanted to get out of UConn just because um, you know we weren't really winning that many games you know I, I it wasn't a great you know mental setting for me I, I really didn't feel like I was physically uh, developing, so I uh, I made the change, and I'm so happy I did. Yeah, Quick definitely follow. worth it, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Quick it follow up. It worked out. Um, Say it again. This is a quick follow up off that you mentioned. Like mm -hmm. your fifth year, maybe wasn't up to your standards, but it still caught the Packers' eye. Like, what yeah. do you think it was about what they could see you projecting to that were like, hey, we know this kid didn't have those mm -hmm. wild numbers, but like he's yeah. he's got some skill. We want we want to take a at him. My, my fifth year, even there, there were a few times at UConn I showed flashes in, um, of, of throwing, you know, you know professional level footballs, but it, the consistency was never there. Um, even my fifth year, you know, I, I showed flashes, but the consistency just wasn't there. And that, you know, I take, you know, accountability for that. Um, but I think what really helped me out was my pro day. So I trained right after my fifth year for pro day. I came back and I absolutely killed pro day from like a physical standpoint. I benched, you know, most quarterbacks don't bench the 225. I did that because I wanted to stand out. You know, I ran a good 40, had a really good vertical. And then when I came to throw the ball, I did really well. So um, at that point, you know, the, the Packers were, I feel like most teams at that point was most, mostly potential, you know, this, and that's such a, a big word and it's a scary word because it could lead to nothing. It could lead to everything. So um, I think they, they bet on my potential, which I'm so thankful they did. And uh, I always told myself if I got the opportunity to play in the NFL or even put on an NFL helmet, um, that I was going to make the best of that, uh, of that, uh, that opportunity. So thankfully I have the past two years and I'm, you know, going to try to continue to do it as long as I can.
for sure. Hell yeah, dude. And I was going to ask you, so, you know, 2018 rolls around, like what's going through your head when you got a deal done with the Green Bay Packers? Like, what was going through your mind during that? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously I got brought in as an undrafted free agent. Um, and at the time I was the fourth string quarterback. I was the number four on the roster. So, you know, most, you know, the, the term when you're the fourth, you know, quarterback undrafted free agent is you're the camp arm. So you're kind of there, just throw balls, to the receivers, you're not really getting a really good look. Um, but fortunately I had a really good mini camp and OTAs and, you know, continued to kind of progress and develop, which I think they wanted to see. And uh, fortunately had a really good preseason, which really helped me out um, to the point where they traded away uh, Brett Hudley. Uh, so they traded away Brett and I had a decent un understanding at that time that I'd at least make practice squad, which at that point I was, you know, ecstatic. Um, but the fact that I made the 53 man roster, um, you know, so much emotion just flooded into my brain at that point, you know, just, um, starting playing football as five years old, you know, I, what, what rushed into my mind was my mom and my dad driving me, you know, to youth football practice and just all the time I spent, you know, throwing in the backyard, my daddy, my sisters, just all that emotion comes flooding into your head because, um, you know, I can remember telling people when I was little, you know, you know, what's your dream job? What do you want to do when you're older? Um, and I said, I want to play in the NFL. And, you know, they, uh, you know, they, some, some people would be like, Oh, cool. But, you know, the majority would, would chuckle and laugh and be like, all right, well, what do you actually want to do? Right. And uh, now, now I'm uh, I'm sitting right where I want to be, and uh, I wouldn't be here without my family, my my support staff. But um, yeah, when that when that moment happened, and I found out I made the 53 man roster, I was uh, I was a happy camper for sure. Yeah, we're living we're living that feeling for you, man. Very. I simple. appreciate it. It's been uh, <laughs> even even last year. I mean, because every year it's going to be a dogfight for me, just because I'm an undrafted guy and I'm going to have to go prove myself every year. So. When I found out I was a backup last year, I mean, that was just a complete um, – the fact that I was now established one year in the NFL and now I was in a competition with another really good quarterback in Deshaun Kaiser. Um, and, you know, we were neck and neck, and I ended up uh, winning that job. And just, you know, being able to now progress in my career and now that I'm a backup and now I want to keep that job and I want to keep learning from Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's, it really is such an incredible experience. And um, like I said, I'm right where I want to be, and I just got to, you know, maintain control of controllables. Without doubt. And, and I'm glad you mentioned the family aspect of your life. I was reading the Packers.com article about you from last year, and the mm -hmm. two biggest things that stuck out to me most was, one, the love, the mutual love that you and your family have and the support they give you and have given you for a long time. And then the second yeah. is the pay-it-forward attitude you seem to have in the locker room. And, and that article was talking about how, you're a great guy in the locker room. You're always doing fun things. And, and kind of with that being said, wanted to get a little quick uh, Tim Boyle culture builder, a cool one that maybe you've done in the locker room so far or something that's like, well, damn, really getting it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what's important, especially quarterback is I, I'm, um, I'm not a shy person by any means. I like talking about real life things that most people don't really like talking about because, you know, there maybe it's a vulnerable topic, but, I like being able to talk openly with people about, you know, whatever issues or, you know, whatever's going on in society. Um, so I think I can, I can relate to people on a more personal level, a deeper level. And I think that's so critical being a quarterback, a leader on the team, then building that foundation that, you know, that trust with them. Um, so I think that's, that's been my character since I kind of was raised by my parents is just be open, have conversations with people and kind of, you, you form that comfortability, that relationship that I want to form with my teammates. So, you know, whether it's with Aaron or um, our kicker, you know, Mason Crosby, or it's with a backup defensive back, you know, guys who I don't really see often, um, I still want to be able to have those relationships. But 
going back to the first part, I mean, my family means everything to me. Um, you know, I can remember sometimes when I was at UConn, when I was getting bounced around from starter to backup to third string to, you know, I'm not playing. I am playing. You're not good. You are good enough to play. There's just, there were so many emotions and they were so, um, they were so such a solid foundation. You know, they were, they were there to pull me back in when I got a little, you know, frazzled. Um, and they were always so confident in me and I, I really can't thank them enough. That's awesome, man. Yeah. No, I know Joey and I are two big family men as well. And we think we have great families as well. So we can definitely relate to that. Um, as we both families, everything. Yeah, when we've yep. left our home city as well, he's in Boston, I'm in Hoboken, so like we can at least relate to you in the sense of like yep. being away and just the family yeah. is necessary. So it means everything, uh, it really does. Amen to that. And and you're clearly someone who who respects people for who they are. Again, back to the article, there was that Lambeau Field volunteer who randomly walked up to your parents one day and just said how how great you are. And I'm sure part of that respect has to correlate with like the ambition of you achieving greatness. Um, now Joey and I are outside of college now we have a little money in our pockets so we want to kind of hear a little <laughs> boil business venture you're looking in I always like the, uh, right. the athlete business venture who's looking to continue you know further in their capital after their after their millions are made in their playing days so so what I want to do after my playing days I would love to be an athletic director um, but but my side hustle that I really want to get into my, my my sisters and I have done a great job of kind of formulating this plan but we want to open a bakery we want to open a bakery, maybe a chain of bakery. I don't know really at this point. It's more of a seed at this point. Yeah. Um, but for sure, I would love to kind of, you know, those sweet, like going to a donut shop when you're like a little kid, like there's nothing better at that point. You know what I mean? So Can't argue that. I think, I think down the road, you know, if I'm lucky enough to play a lot of years in the NFL and I can, you know, retire earlier, I think that that'd be a route I'd like to go down. Um, but uh, yeah, for sure. I'll let you boys know whenever that uh, yes, whenever that takes off. Me, right? no, I got one request. Sure one request. I do have a gluten allergy, so if we can just have a couple, gluten, like, gluten free, just toss in a couple of treats here and there. I'll pay extra for it. No worries. I can for sure do that for you, my guy. I can. <laughs> um, and Tim, I gotta know uh, your first game at Lambeau. Like, how how juiced up were you going through the tunnel for the first time? Yeah, it, it really is incredible. And I think the first the first experience that really sticks out in my mind. And Frank, you might know this. We we have something called family night every year, and it's during training camp. Mm-hmm. And we have a pra- we have a practice in our stadium in Lambeau, and there's you know seventy to seventy five thousand people at one practice, and it's a it's a practice for us. So we're wearing our red jerseys. You know, it's nothing crazy. We're literally just going through a practice, but there's seventy five thousand people there, and they introduce um, the quarterbacks last. You know, so all the position groups get introduced. You run out into the field. And obviously, because we have, you know, number 12 on our team, you know, they keep us for last and they go, you know, introducing the Green Bay, you know, quarterbacks and we all run out there and the place just absolutely erupts. And you're just like, you feel it in your chest and it's, it's, it really is like life changing. It really is. But I think the, the coolest point too um, was the first game. We played the Bears last year. Uh, my, sorry, my rookie year, we played the Bears uh, home season opener. And that's when Aaron got hurt. Um kind of banged up his knee a little bit. Deshaun went in. We kind of – we turned the ball over a few times, and then halftime rolls around, and uh, Aaron decides to come back and play miraculously. I don't know how he did it, but he does. And I was walking, you know, it, 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 I don't know if I remember this correctly, but I was walking right behind Aaron as he's walking out of the tunnel at halftime. And people are, like, seeing that Aaron Rodgers is walking because he got, he got carted into the locker room. So everyone's yeah. like, oh, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like, here we go again, like collarbone over again. You know what I mean? And uh, the whole stadium just absolutely erupted. Just 
everyone's like started seeing Aaron Rodgers start walking on the field and like he started like trotting a little bit as he heard the crowd and that that kind of sticks out because I was right behind him I kind of experienced it with him almost um but yeah seeing that was just the, the, the fans in Green Bay are are incredible the Packer fans everywhere I go there are Packer fans I mean it's just a it's such a loyal incredible fan base that um, I never really knew about when I was younger. I always knew, you know, I, I had a couple annoying Packer fans, you know, being from Connecticut, there was always a couple of annoying Packer fans, but, but now the older I get and the more I'm kind of, you know, around those guys um, and girls, honestly, it's, it's amazing how, how passionate, how loyal they are. That's awesome. And so I thank you, Frank. I do. <laughs> thank you, Tim. And it's funny. I, I think I found our, our singular relation. So our, my junior year of college, we made uh, – I played baseball at St. John Fisher, which is up in Rochester. We made the College World Series and played in Appleton, Wisconsin. No so, okay. my family and I took a trip. It was obviously the offseason for, for the football. Mm-hmm. Took a trip up to Green Bay and toured the stadium. And they let you walk out of the tunnel, and they oh, pump yeah. in, like, big crowd noise as you're walking out of the tunnel onto the field behind the end zone. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I'll give you – I'll give you a little story on that one. So there's a, so where we, where we lo- uh, walk from our locker room to the field, we actually, we take that tunnel, as you know, you've been there, but there's a little green button on the side. And that's, that's the button I hit that says now introducing your two, you know, 2000, whatever, 2020 Green Bay Packers. Um, and that's what you heard. And it plays a little song in the crowd. Um, but Aaron plays that right before every game as we're walking out. So as we go out, Aaron and I are leaving the whole team out and he hits the, the green button and we hear that as we're walking out to the field. So like you guys hear it as, you know, fans touring the stadium, but Aaron and I love playing that thing just because it gets you, That's it so reminds you, 13 time, you know, world champion. It's like incredible. It really is. But yeah, it's uh, Wisconsin. I've really come to love just because it's so, it's small town. It's very Northeast kind of a feel. Um, but yeah, Green Bay I means 104,000 people, I and mean, the stadium holds 80. If that you know kind of puts it in context, I mean, majority of, of the town is at the game at that point. So um, I love Wisconsin; it really has been awesome. That's so cool, man. That's awesome. My childhood is culminating into to the reason why I'm a Packers fan right now. <laughs> um, all right, last last question before we get into the quick hitters. Uh, you guys mm-hmm. obviously took Jordan Love in the first round, which naturally just creates more competition for, for the quarterback room. Um, and you, you, so I wanted to kind of get a, get a behind the scenes look on, on how you're going to balance that competition with making sure that you keep that positive mindset. And like the article mentioned, like, Hey, your uptick is coming. I know your, your yeah. dad kept saying that to you during the UConn days. Like how can you make sure to balance that and say, Hey, like my uptick's coming. I'm staying positive. Just control yeah. controllables no matter what exactly. happens. Here. And you said it right. You said it perfectly just then. Um, this whole this whole situation that's occurring right now in my life with the competition, you know, drafting a first round quarterback, it's all very cut and dry in my mind. Um, I can't control what he does. I can't control what the Packers, who they draft. Um, you know, I'm me. I can control what I do. I'm going to put myself in the best position to make the team, to be the backup, to be whatever they need me to be to help the team. Um, but I'm not. I'm not like stressed and you know anxious about you know who's going to win the position battle. Who you know, if I do that, I'm going to be doing myself a disservice. So. I'm taking it day by day, making sure I'm taking care of my business. And at the end of the day, when the dust settles, hopefully I'm in a position where I'm on the team, I'm helping us win. Um, but I think the big thing is just not – don't look at the big picture. Obviously, you know, when I saw that we drafted a first-round quarterback, you know, you have all these feelings and emotions that rush into your head. But once you take a little time and you settle into it, I mean, I know what I bring to the table. I'm confident in my abilities, and uh, we'll see what happens. 
for sure, man. It shows how much of a great spot you are mentally, which will go a long, long way for you. That's, that's really cool. Thank here. you. Thank you. Um, but now we can have a little more fun with the quick hitters. I thought these were, these were always these are always our, our favorite parts of the interview. Oh, so. baby. Let's fire it up. <laughs> How do we kick it off? I'll start it off. All right. So you mentioned you love Wisconsin, but how's that nightlife in Green Bay, Ben? Um, <laughs> non existent. We, uh, <laughs> we, we, we barely get to go out. And when we do, there's only like two or three college bars, but it's um, we don't really get to go out really that much. So really, I'd say that. I figured. Yeah. Good. Focus on the rings. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> Trying to get another one. All right, another maybe Wisconsin-esque question. Are you sick of the cold yet? And if so, we can relate because we're from Rochester. Yeah, not at all. I love the cold. You know, obviously, being a Northeast kid, I, I, I'm used to it. But um, we've, we've created this culture and this mindset in Green Bay where we love playing in the cold because the other team hates it. So we use it as an advantage. So um, whenever it gets cold, I'm like, all right, let's, let's get it popping. You know what I mean? Like, the colder, the better for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to ask you, um, favorite college or NFL stadium you played in? Um, besides Lambo, besides Lambo, because you're going to Lambo. Lambo <laughs> yeah. would be my number one, just because of all the history and tradition. But I'd say uh, Jerry's World down in uh, in uh, the yeah the Cowboys there. That That's stadium is incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, and right after that, I, I'd say was playing in Gillette was cool. Obviously, I was a I was a Patriots fan growing up, so it was cool to just be around Gillette. Um, but Seattle is a pretty cool stadium as well. Just super loud. Seattle is such a cool little city. And, uh, yeah, I think those three stick out. All right. And, and have you been to Rochester, New York before? I've driven through it. I actually drove through it probably two weeks ago with uh, – I was following Andrew because I had to go from his lake house. I drove back out to Green Bay. I had to drop some stuff off at my apartment in Green Bay. So I had to go up through Rochester, Rochester to go, you know, down Erie and around the lake and, yeah. and do that. I, so I've never been in Rochester, but I've been through it. My follow-up question is, have you ever had a garbage plate before or heard of a garbage plate? It's something we always ask uh, our local. I've, I've heard of it only because of the balloons. So Andrew and his family, we actually had oh, garbage plates. At, it was wonderful. It was absolutely delicious. You just kind of just do whatever you want, and you have some fun with it. I love it. Let's mm -hmm. go. Okay, that's huge. We're trying to make it a bigger thing than just Rochester. I'll, I'll, definitely try to, I'll definitely try to spread that around for sure. Okay. Um, cool. Who's your funniest teammate right now on the Packers? Funniest, um, my my boy Rob Tunyon, uh, number eighty five, tight end. He's uh, he's my best friend on the team, and, and him and I, once we get going, we uh, <laughs> we uh, we make each other laugh pretty aggressively. But he's a, he's just like a naturally funny dude, so I'd go with him. He's a big man. He is a big dude. And going off, big man, hungriest teammate who's out there eating hungriest. all the grub. Um, hungriest, I'd go with my my other really good friend Alex Light. You know, he's an undrafted free agent out of uh, University of Richmond. Mm -hmm. And uh, we hang out quite often, and that man just puts down food. I don't know where he puts it. I don't know how he does it, but it's not—he's not even like fat. He's a—he's a like a trim offensive lineman, but that dude just eats. Got the good genes. That's incredible. Exactly. And I think I already have the answer, but I was going to ask you, like, who's someone you have with the best on-field connection? What in terms of like in your receiving core? Um, I like to think that Jay Kumaro and myself have a very good connection. Um. I, my two, you know, three, you know, I have three or four really good friends on the team and, and Rob Tunyon and Jake right. Kumaro are, are two of my really good friends. So I have really good connections with them. And I think that's so critical, um, building that friendship and that trust off the field and hanging out and having that camaraderie. We golf all the time. Um, so when you're on the field, you're able to have those open, honest conversations and kind of be on the same page. So I'd say I have a pretty good, uh, you, know, you know, relationship and connection with Jake. Awesome. All right, what's the uh, best uh, Boyle Rogers moment? 
or your favorite moment that stuck out to you? Oh, baby. Um, one that sticks out was just, you know, me being a rookie and first getting a cell phone number at first was just like shocking to me because I now, <laughs> now I have Aaron Rodgers cell phone number, right? Um, but, uh, but a moment that we can share, uh, I think the first time we went golfing together, just because he's such a good golfer and you're with Aaron Rodgers, you're like, Oh God, like I've hit a, you know, I have to get a, hit a good shot here. And I'm not a bad golfer. Um, but you know, golfing with him was fun, but I'd say Christmas time is fun because, um, it's such a challenge to buy some, to buy a gift for someone who already has everything and could buy anything, you know, having millions of dollars like Aaron mm-hmm. does. It, it's hard to buy a, a gift for someone like that. So I really have to give that some thought and he has to give, you know, his, his thought into my gift. So I think that kind of that thought and that gift that we present each other is so heartfelt because we have to do so much digging into each other's lives. You know what I mean? Right. We'll have to get him on the podcast with you next time. That way. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Ask him what he's going to get me this year, huh? Right. <laughs> and then speaking of Aaron, I know Aaron's like the king of the photo bomb throwing like the captain's yeah. picture. And I see you've been trying to take some notes from him. How's, how's your practice uh-huh. been going being the new photo it's, bomb king? It, it, it's really, it really is kind of a, a, a random thing that <laughs> sometimes I'm serious. Sometimes I'm looking at the camera. Sometimes I'm like doing something goofy. It's more of like a feel the moment type thing. Um, but yeah, Aaron, Aaron was really good at it and he made sure that we, uh, we definitely inherited that. So I got to get the rookies right now that we have two rookies, I got to let them know what's going on and hopefully we can continue the, uh, the tradition. Hell yeah. All right. Um, one more for me, obviously being the fan of the pack, you're in the running for my new favorite quarterback now. <laughs> um, and when Aaron's time is done, you are going to be number one. So appreciate that. Where can I order a specially made Tim Boyle jersey? Oh, you can go on NFL Shop and you can get a you can get a Boyle jersey for sure on NFL Shop. Plug for um, Shop. All right. Yep, yeah, NFL Shop. You can, get a, you can get a Green Bay Packer number eight Boyle jersey. That uh, hopefully it's hopefully it's some discount right now because of COVID and they're they're helping them out. So this might be the time to buy. I might have to hop on there too. I'll be a, I'll be a Timmy B guy. Don't worry. So, uh, and the, and then, uh, the real TV. The real TV. The real TV. Real yeah. TV. TV eight. And uh, yeah, last question. You mentioned you got a few boys in the pack. You know. Lob on our way. We need some more podcast guests, so you can lob over yeah. Kumar or any of the boys. I I can talk to the boys for sure and see what see what's going on. But from like a strictly like an entertaining standpoint, um, I think it'd be good to have Jake or Rob on here just because it just they're just so goofy and it's like they're open and honest. And it'd be like a good time. So I'll I'll reach out to the guys for sure. Love awesome, it. that'd be so sick. Cool. Yeah. We'll do the little group no podcast problem. one day. If in the future, all three of you guys can come on. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. But we. Tim, we appreciate you, man. This has been very, very special. Very fun. Both of us, um, we've been working super hard the last eight weeks doing this new podcast thing, and, and the fact that we get to have you on right now is so cool, and other listeners will appreciate it as well, and continue pumping your brand out there because that's yeah. what we're all about. So uh, best of luck as you continue training and, and getting ready. Hopefully the season starts on time. Hopefully Mambo Field's packed with, with the entire mm-hmm. town, like like you were saying. I, um, I know we're going to be yelling at the TV every time we see TV8 out there. I appreciate that. Anything you want yeah, to say been, before you hop off? No, yeah, this has been wonderful. I appreciate you guys reaching out. And, uh, yeah, these uh, great questions. I'd love to do this again sometime and uh, go pack. We'll have Whatever you want, oh, Tim. Pack. Go pack. All right, Tim. Take it easy, man. Pretty good, See guys. You, thanks. Welcome back, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed our awesome interview with none other than Green Bay Packers quarterback Tim Boyle. I uh, don't want to forget 
because I know we didn't do it on the interview itself. Joey Coffee, can you please give a little plug for, for Tim Boyle's social so we can go follow the next TB goat? You can find uh, Frankie's Man Crush at, on Instagram at Tim Boyle underscore eight, and then Twitter, Tim Boyle underscore seven. Thank you very much. Still, still, uh, still in a little uh, head cloud here. That was, that was an awesome one. That was, All right. that was a very fun interview. For sure. Moving on, big four breakdown. We're going to start with baseball this time because I'm sick of finishing on a sour note with our other past episodes. So, um, Joey, can you read off a little bit of what you were doing some research on with, with I think it was Carl Ravage tweeted? Yeah, Ravage and a bunch of guys tweeted. So, like, I think here's the most recent proposal for the season. Um, which has since been, I think, shut down pretty much. But this is what stands at right now currently. Um, 76 games, 75% pro-rate salary, uh, playoff pool money, no draft pick compensation for, uh, for player signings. Uh, they would end this season uh, in September and do the playoffs in October. Uh, the league will not budge on playing past October, um, which they claim is because health experts say there's going to be like a big kick up in Corona like and the fall apparently um and this was thought this was this was seen as like a big move towards like the player demands it looked like pretty good on paper um but the league was basically like no like no shot so the league's issue is um is the games and how many games are going to play and the players are really tied down to like that pro-rate salary and they want to obviously get as much money as they can uh for however many games they play and so two things, Carl Ravage then built upon that tweet and was saying that uh, it's, his, it's his thoughts that anything more than like 60, 70 games is like is completely out of the question at this point. Um, so if there is baseball, like 60, 70 games max, um, then how much they're in is going to be based upon how what the players want for that pro-rate salary. So it's still back and forth. And the last thing I'll touch upon is that Rob Manfred, commissioner, did say that it will be baseball in 2020. Um, but I don't know what his word means at this point. So I don't, I don't even care about that. Right. I know. Which I think so. So earlier in the week or, or last week, I think one of the owners came out and said, like, we can ultimately like force the players to play because if they the, try. Manfred, Manfred has a, I guess there's some like loophole or clause called what you want in like the, in the, in the last uh, bargaining agreement. Like Manfred can just like say like you're playing, which is like, I don't know how that was even like let into like the negotiation. So I don't know. I I don't know about baseball anymore. Because this 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 looked so good on paper, and it was it was like basically shot down off rip. Like it was just it wasn't even like a talk. Right. Yeah. The players just want their full prorated salaries, and the league is still trying to like. It's it's and almost yeah. like just like a an inch inch by inch game, where they're inching closer, inching closer, and like it's and a we're, heavy we're, negotiation. It's an ugly one, but like. Sometimes I guess in our negotiation, it's not always going to be pretty. And we're very pro player on this, but I will say that they they're going to have to not they're not going to get the, their full pro rate salary at this point. They're not going to get it, and they have to realize that to an extent. Um, I want them to, but they they can't happen. Um, and I agree there has there has to be pay cuts, but just like the way the, the league went about it was just like the complete wrong way. Um, so the players had to ease their stance on salaries a bit, and the league has to let. The, the players play games like dude there was talks of playing like a 48 game season which if you don't watch baseball that's a that's a play that's a play like four games in football that's absolutely nothing right 
like, I feel like there was years where like these teams, like I think you know, I was telling you the other day, Fred, I'm pretty sure it was either last year or the year before the Mariners started off like one of the best teams in baseball. And if like they, if that happened this year, they'd be like a top seed in the playoffs. And they ended up finishing that year with the worst record in baseball. Mm-hmm. And so and you can't, you can't, play, four, can't play 48 games. Right. And on the other end of the spectrum, the Nationals last year, a perfect example, they took a while to heat up and they won the whole damn thing. So it's like some teams made a lot of moves in the offseason where it takes them a while to mesh. Others are younger and like maybe less experienced. They can get out to a good start. But once it gets into like the thick of the season, the dog days of summer, and then like the, the pressure of the playoff push, some of those teams tail off and fall. So like that's why it's going to be a weird, a weird prorated season. Per se. I think at this point, but, best best case scenario is like, is like sixty games. I think if if they're even, if they're even as baseball. Yeah. So, I think that's what I, I don't know. I believe Carl Ravage he's pretty glued into the game. He said like, there's no shot they go more than seventy. So, right. I don't know. But like in a, I'm looking at a positive light because everyone's asking like, hey, if if some team wins the World Series, is there going to be an asterisk? Obviously, there's going to be an asterisk, right? But like, in my mind, if I'm a player, I'm using it as like motivation. Like, I want to be that team who said like through all the the muck of everything that's going on right now in the world. Like we were able to overcome this and regardless of the shortened season, we still came on top and like, no one can take that away from us. It's uncontrolled that this pandemic hit and that they had a shortened season. So like whoever wins wins at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, the whole asterisk thing is so dumb. Like the only team that should ever get one is the, the Houston Astros who legit cheated their way to the ring. If the, if they play a shortened year, it's like, I'm, I guess it does have to, it is the player. It's not the player's fault, but I guess they are involved. But I don't know. You can't, you can't, not recognize a championship like if it's like a lockout or like anything like this like i don't know right. if, if they, they still won but again that's it's like ignore it mm-hmm. it's a whole different kind of pressure it's a whole mental pressure now it's a different preparation so like it's you almost got to respect know. respect that whoever wins even more because of of what they had to go through to get to that point but uh we, we can we can move on to the next league but it's it's been a good topic of debate for us over the last couple of weeks um but in the NBA, nothing too crazy in terms of news. Before we get into the league quickly, the 2K21 trailer dropped today on the PS5. Oh, yeah. Why'd you bring that up? You're a dummy. I was I was gonna do like a blog about that. That was a, that, that's a that's a theatrical trailer. Oh, listen, I'm I'm Joey. I'm Joey Fingers. I'm Joey Game Time over here. I'm a gamer. Why can't I bring that up? It just happened. I know, but it's like, it, who cares? All they did was add more sweat to the player, and plus, that's not that wasn't gameplay. That was just like a like a there's like a cut and trimmed like trailer of like a fake it wasn't the real game that's not what it's gonna look like all i'm trying to say is i'm excited they dropped the trailer i'm pumped to see 2k21 already announced. i'm, tri- I'm triggered because every year 2k just makes it the guys more sweatier and they're like it's better graphics because they're more wet it's like okay that's all they do every 2k has been the same since like, two, like 2014 and they, they make they make the guys just sweatier and they make and they make the big men worse and worse at making contested layups I'm sorry. I'm, I was triggered. Yeah, you were. Damn, I was just excited. All right. Anyway, um, so some of the players aren't quite comfortable with the restart, which may be understandable, especially if you're going to be away from your family. Um, but this just shows how good of a state the NBA is in right now. MLB start taking some notes maybe. The Players Association and the league together are looking to come to an agreement on allowing players to stay home if they don't want to play and they won't be punished for it. So again, shout out to the league and the players association to be able to just come together and realize that, Hey, if you don't want to play, like 
it's understandable because it's more than just a game. People may be immune. Some players may be immunocompromised and some may have family members that are immunocompromised and some may have children that they just can't physically be away from that long. So it's, it's their understanding working together. So I hope everyone plays. I hope everyone wants to play, but it's good to see the leagues. I'd be, I'd be shocked if the, if like the main contenders didn't, didn't yield their full roster. Like LeBron's not going to let any of his guys bitch out of this. Like he's like, we're winning this this ring. (laughs) And I think out of all, when they, when they accepted the proposal, every single team, except I think it was the trailblazers were on board, like voted yes for it. So, um, yeah, Dame. Yeah, Dame Lillard was like, well, I he was being kind of like super he, he was salty bad, the whole like, time. If, he was like, if we if we don't have a chance to play us, we're not, we're not. I'm not playing. Like he said that. Which I, I, I get too. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't right. do that either. But yeah, um, but that's all we really got for the NBA that we felt was like super relevant to talk about to make sure we weren't over talking. Um, but moving on to the NFL, it's good. Always good to see our boy, famous Jameis, coming out. Long article on Bleacher Report. I didn't read the whole thing, but I picked up some 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 good snippets. Um, saying and the best one I thought was that he feels like he is one of the best quarterbacks in history, which say what you might, he had a historical year last year, minus his hundred picks, but, uh, I don't know if he's quite there yet. Uh, he's the, he's the biggest anomaly in sports. Like, like his job is to throw the ball. He can throw the ball pretty well. He just doesn't always throw it to who it's supposed to go to. So he'll throw for a gajillion yards, but he'll throw for even more picks. So I mean, that's I mean, why he got the LASIK, baby. That's why he got the LASIK. He can see now. Oh, yeah, I already bought about that. If Jameis Winston yeah. was throwing for 5,000 yards blind, I mean, he might throw for 11 this year. I mean, who knows? But it's also, like I said, it's also the, the biggest, like, prove it year. Like, if he can now see and he's, like, is worse, like, you got to quit. You can't right. play anymore. Right. And he's down 17 pounds. He's slimmed up. Slimmed he's up. Also doing, he's doing the dumbest workouts I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, you see one, he had, like, a baseball bat and was, like, in the pocket swinging the baseball bat. And there was people. People were commenting like, "It's it's loosening his hips." Okay, get a, get a ball in your hand and throw. You're a you're a quarterback. Loosen him up, Jameis. Yeah. <laughs> Not good to see though. He he's grinding, man, and he's got the he's got the right attitude. He's going into a good a good situation in New Orleans where he's going to learn from Breeze, and they got a potent offense and a quarterback friendly offense. To say that, and who knows, he he might take over the reins. In the same, in the same division, he almost, he almost got the job when Drew Brees almost canceled himself. Yeah, that's also facts. Also facts. Um, but this was this was pretty recent news as well. Towards towards the end of this week, with the NFL coming out saying they're going to be donating two hundred fifty million dollars over ten years um, to causes dealing with racial and racial injustice in the black community. I know Goodell came out and said his message. You know, regardless of what they've done in the past, I think it's especially in in the situation with supporting the black community, it's all about what we can do moving forward. So it's good to see that they're, they're doing this. They're committed, especially with um, such a heavy, heavy, heavy amount of players that are part of the black community in the league um, and the discrepancy between the players and how many players that are part of the black community and how many people in the front offices and ownerships that aren't part of the black community. So it's just them needing to come together in terms of, their diversity and more just a player level. So I think this will be a huge, huge step forward for the NFL. Um, and, I, and I hope, I hope it continues invoking change throughout the next 10 years, but that's a lot of money to be dishing out and I'm glad they did it because they obviously have the money to do so and should be doing it rightfully. So um, if you don't have anything else on the NFL, I can finish up with the NHL again, nothing too crazy, but uh, training camp will be starting uh, second week of July ish with the first week of, of play starting in August. So going to be a super, super cool 
tournament style that they're going to have. It'll be weird with no fans, but I think part of the hockey atmosphere is just like the, the rabid, passionate fans they have. You experience it when you're in person more, but still on TV, like when, when teams score goals in the NHL playoffs, it, I, I think the arena is going to come down every time. But that should be pretty sweet to, to see as well. So, um, and the last point I just want to make, I, I know, again, like the last couple of weeks have been extremely emotional, extremely moving. And, and I think us folks in the white community have really opened our eyes and learned. And we, we actually had a, a company-wide call uh, at the end of this week where we had, I think it was seven or eight of my coworkers throughout Harris Blitzer Sports Entertainment that are black and that were able to tell some of the stories that they had either growing up um, either now or just things that they've seen in their lives that are just a, a extremely uncomfortable for them to talk about and extremely uncomfortable for myself being a white person listening to. Um, but it was super powerful because it, it just shows like it's happening in our coworkers, our friends' lives that we were just so blind to. We never thought about. They, they're just, they're, they were just so strong to be able to still put a smile on their face every day. And, and um, one of my coworkers said, and it, it stuck with me, work twice as hard to get half of what everyone else gets. Um, and that was super powerful to me. So just one message to finish it off is just continue learning, continue getting uncomfortable because that's the only way we're going to grow. Um, and I appreciate, I mentioned this a couple of times, what our company has done to put the black community on a platform and continue having us grow. Um, and learn. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, it's what we're doing moving forward to, to continue pushing the envelope and changing this world. And I do truly believe, and I know you do, Joey, too, as well, that our generation is going to be the, the one that finally flips the script and, and continues doing what's right in this country. So, um, yeah, if, you're, if you're a fan of the blog, we've been uh, pointing like different links and whatnot uh, in the blog to go, you know, donate or find resources, etc. I know myself, like uh, our boy B, a bunch of our people are going to start doing that more often when they, when they do blog. Um, so if you do read those, there will always be some little, a little tidbit or like a, um, a link to get out of the blog to go somewhere else and make a difference. So trying to do our part best we can. And um, yeah, just got to keep getting better, keep listening. And yeah, like you said, be get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And that goes for a lot of things in life. I go, that's a good lesson in life in general. So 100%, 100%. That's all we got, everybody. Thank you guys so much again for listening. Please go and follow us on our socials, uh, on Twitter, Instagram. Keep checking the blog out. All we ask as our loyal listeners is just please help us spread the word and share and review. And um, we'll keep being as awkward as possible, like Joey's sister has, has told us. But um, love you all. Enjoy your Sunday sauce. And uh, stay safe out there.